when, when, when I see my little grandson and things go wrong, he's teething, whatever, you know, I, I see him turn to his mom or his dad and just wants to be comforted. That, that in the midst of his pain, in the midst of whatever suffering he's going through, he doesn't hesitate to run to the parents. And that's what we got to be. We, we just got, and one of the things that God has been saying since the dawn of time, and he's saying to our church, is will you come in deeper? You know, I, I've been watching this series, The Chosen, and, and I'm not here promoting that, but the thing I like about it is it gives visualization of maybe what happened with the miracles of Christ. So come to him like a child. Don't come with your own opinions. Don't come with anything but openness for God. You know, it's kind of like when I used to teach school. I don't know how she did it. My daughter was like two or three years old, and I'd, I'd pull in the driveway, and she'd be there on a stool just looking out the window knowing it's time for Dad to come home. And when I came in the door... I didn't require that she goes, oh, Father, you're so great. Thank you for... She just ran into my arms and hugged me. That's what we do with God. You know, we, we don't play this religious game. We just run into God's arms. And man, I need you. And today, you know what? If you're in this room, and if I put a mirror in front of your mouth and it fogged up because you're breathing, you need Jesus in a deeper way. Now, today I'm going to talk about open hands and open heaven. I am going to talk about our time, I'm going to talk about our talent, and I'm going to talk about our treasure. Because I'm talking about faith today. I'm talking about how much we need to trust the Lord. And the main part of scripture I'm going to talk about is from Proverbs 11 verses 24 and 25 which says one person gives freely yet gains even more another withholds unduly but comes to poverty a generous man will prosper whoever refreshes others will be refreshed so Lord we come before you speak to us today help us to let go of our lives Help us to trust you, Lord God. Help us, Father, to say yes and amen to everything that we are and to everything that we own and to the fullness of our lives, Lord. You're calling us today, Lord. Will we trust you? Speak to us, Lord. Give us ears to hear. In your name, amen. You know, when I was a kid, I got years of Christmas presents. The two that I remember. The first one is this one year, because I used to play hockey when I was a kid, where two different people gave us, you know, the, the, the little 
hand hockey games where you'd move the men back and forth. You know, so that was cool. We went and we ordered all the different men from the NHL, the different teams, and we would just have tournaments. That's the only gift I remember, except every single year. My grandmother, Anna Smith, would give us a Christmas card with a $5 bill in it. Now, back then, $5 got you a whole lot more. If you're lucky now, get you one and a half cups of coffee at Dunkin'. But, but, but back then, it still wasn't outrageous. But my grandmother gave me that. And I know my grandmother didn't have a lot of money. So I, that was my most treasured gift because I knew how much she loved me. And what I want to talk about today is, you know what we have to do? Here is your wallet. This is my funky wallet. You got to let go of it. You got to let go of it. Your time, your schedule, you, you got to let go of it. Your gifts, you got to let go of it. I don't want to point to anybody in this room and say, man, you're great. I want us to use whatever we have to look to Jesus Christ. You see, God's word tells us so many ways how to live a life that's going to be a blessed life. As we move forward, and one of the words for our church for this year is discipleship, we will experience a greater measure of freedom when we let go. You know, I went to... Um, one thing I did forget to mention is in the back foyer, we have some um, community Christian school newsletters. I'm going to ask you to pick one up and give it out to somebody, man, because the thing is incredible. I was at a work day there yesterday, and I heard two different testimonies of people who God greatly blessed because of their faith, and, and, and these two happen to be financial, but that's not what I'm really talking about today. What I'm talking about is we need to trust God with the fullness of our lives. That we need a different perspective. As Proverbs says, one gives freely, yet they gain even more. Christians are supposed to be generous. I have a lot of friends who have been waitresses and waiters, and it grieves me when I hear they don't like Sunday afternoons because Christian church people are cheapskates. I'm going to be generous. Because the word tells me to. When the bill comes when I'm with people, I'm not going to have crocodile arms. You know, where I can't reach the bill, but they can. Now, I'm not going to talk today about living outside your budget. But we live in a world that tells you the opposite. We live in a world that says, man, you go for it for yourself. You get all that you can. I remember when I worked at Nine Mile. We had a doozy of a boss, and a buddy of mine went in, and he goes, oh, Ken, I'm sorry. We can't give you a raise this year, and he's playing it up. And Ken goes, man, I make so much. Why don't you take some back? Just to get in his face, and the guy didn't know how to respond. But today I'm talking about we need to reflect God's generosity. And the, the first point I want to make is true ownership. Give and you shall receive. That's a truth. 
You come to church, and you may be sitting there, and you may be waiting for the special words to come out of my mouth, and all of a sudden the heavens open. Or maybe you come and you want worship to tingle your toes so much you know Jesus is here. You're in the wrong place. I don't want people like that. I want people that come to church saying, how can I serve my Jesus? How can I be a blessing? Give and you shall receive. Are you in a place where maybe you're not doing good? Maybe you're emotionally bankrupt, physically, whatever. Start to encourage other people and you will be encouraged. Don't look back like sad sack Joe saying, please just love me and tell me how great I am. Why is that wrong? Because you're focusing on you, not Jesus. So if you're in a bad place, you want to get your spirit picked up, boom. Be an encourager for Christ. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Now I'm going to tell you, this is not a get-rich-quick thing. Okay? This is a lifestyle that we need to live. My time is not my own. My money is not my own. My gifting, whatever I have, is not my own. Because I find one thing. The older you get, you get afraid about money. I don't want to eat dog food when I retire. I mean, I get all that, but we need to trust God. You know, Mark 12, I love this part of Scripture. And he sat down opposite the treasury, Jesus, and watched the people putting money into the offering box. And watched the people put money in the box. Many rich people put in large sums. And the poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box, for they contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all that she had to live on. I'm talking about faith today. I'm talking about obeying God when he says, and I'm going to talk about this later, and if you know me, I don't hit this topic a lot. I'm talking about tithing for one thing. I'm talking about trusting God with our life and with our money. You know, Jesus goes after the things in our life that we cling to, the rich young ruler. I have done everything the Bible tells me to. I'm perfect. Jesus didn't laugh. He goes, oh, sell everything you have and follow me. And he walked away, and Jesus let him walk away. God will let you walk away. He loves you that much that he's not going to compromise from his righteousness. And God is going to absolutely put his hand on things that's out of place in your life. Again, I'm hesitant to use this situation because I'm not lifting this up. I'm lifting the Bible up. You know, Mel and I last night watched the last episode of The Chosen, and I ended it in prayer. I'm crying, man. Why? Because during this show, God pointed things out in my life that I have to submit to him, and I have to have greater faith. And I had to ask him to forgive me. 
I'm talking about faith. And I'm talking about trusting God. And I'm talking about we need to let go. We need to be good stewards of what we have, but we need to trust the Lord. We live busy lives. I get that. How many people are going to be busy at 6.30 tonight when the Super Bowl comes on? When I worked at Nine Mile, we had a sign. Those of you that don't believe the dead come to life, you should see this when the closing bell rings. It's kind of like when I look at you and some of you are, you know, you look like you're ready to go to the nap in that land right now. But as soon as we say amen, you come back to life. It's amazing how this works. Why do I get loud sometimes? If I really start yelling, you know one thing. People are closing their eyes in this room. And I'm being serious. Sometimes I get really quiet to make you pay attention. I've said this before. One principle Melody and I have lived by years. When we get comfortable in our level of giving, we find another ministry to give to. Because I don't want to be comfortable with my budget. I want to give and give. I want to be a kingdom sower. And that's what I'm talking about today. Are you a kingdom sower? or are you, I don't want you sowing the new covenant. I want you to sow to the kingdom. Don't get nervous, elders. That does mean that you tithe here. Okay, there's a box over there. I never even talk about that box. That's where you put your tithe and you go online. I'm not always talking about God is going to bless you financially. He's going to bless you spiritually when he sees your faith. It says, another withholds what he should give, and the only suffers want. Some people go through financial problems because they don't obey God in what he says we need to do financially. Galatians chapter 6 says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. The one who sows to his own flesh will reap from the flesh. Well, from the flesh reap corruption, excuse me. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap from the Spirit eternal life. Church. God ain't playing. God's not playing. He wants us to know that we know that we know his goodness, that we can trust him. When he asks us to sacrifice, okay, he is going to provide for us. He is going to help us. He is going to bless us. When we don't do it, you won't get a blessing. God is not everybody gets a trophy kind of God. Okay? Not everybody goes to heaven. That is a lie straight from the pits of hell. Who goes to heaven? Only those who are marked with the identity of Jesus Christ. Only those who have said, God, I am a sinner. You are the Son of God. That's the beginning of the gospel. The end is I repent and I give you my life, Lord, and I'm going to live for you. And how is it reflected? Who has ownership? 
Who has ownership? My second point is life management. The Bible says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I love sports. Cleveland Browns did one of the stupidest things ever. They gave this quarterback that hadn't played for a year for various reasons, they guaranteed him $230 million. See, in the NFL, you don't have to have guaranteed money. So now, all the other quarterbacks are saying, I want at least that much. Who needs $230 million? But that's the world we live in. Talk about greed. But it's not really greed, it's, it's ego. We all deal with it. James and John, hey Jesus, in heaven, can I sit right next to you? I just want to be in heaven. I'll be in the nosebleed section. I'll just be happy to be there. Excuse me. Time. How do you spend your time? Well, I'm so busy. Mm-hmm. When you get your weekly report on your smartphone, how many hours a day do you spend on it? It's easy to do. I mean, man, the other night I, I just went on something before I went to bed. Really, what's the weather going to be tomorrow? 45 minutes. Now, I might be slow, but it doesn't take me 45 minutes to read the weather, okay? You know, I'm looking at sports. I'm looking at this. I'm playing solitaire. What a waste of time. Oh, I'm too busy to read the Bible. But, boy, I can play Donkey Kong on my phone. I don't even know if that's a thing. I'm guessing. How about your talent? God did not give you gifting so that we can all be in awe of you. I like Eric Clapton. I'm not calling him a guitar god. Excuse me. He's a man with a gift. And I'm saddened by the fact that he doesn't use it for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. God gives us giftings so that we can lift up his kingdom, so we can bless his church. You see, when we have misplaced priorities, we will never be satisfied. You could get $230 million guaranteed and be happy for a week until somebody gets three hundred dollars guaranteed, and now you're not going to be happy any longer because somebody got more than you. Boo-hoo, deal with it. How we use our gifts, schedule, and finances will reveal our faith, how deep it is. You know, if, if I said to all of you, hey, bring your checkbook. I want to go through your ledger because I want to see what's important to you. God's done that challenge with me. And can I tell you the truth? This is hard. It's hard to give God everything. But I've learned the more I've practiced that, it's less of a burden because the more I say yes, the more he pours his grace into us. You know, it's not a program. It's understanding and taking hold of the truth that God gives us everything. So we should allow him to lead us. You know, there's a pastor, Larry Osborne, says, we don't have to give everything to God. We just have to be willing to. Christians, I remember years ago, we had Pastor Mike, Mike, um, Kavanaugh spoke on this in his church. 
Christians need to be defined by their generosity. I remember going out to eat sometimes with my dad before he knew the Lord. He was a generous tipper. He grasped this. He wasn't a rich guy. I think, you know, he's a college professor at Morrisville. Believe me. And I'm not saying don't live above your means and do not accept the falsehood of the prosperity teaching. That God wants you to live extremely blessed. Do you live in America? You are extremely blessed. Can you afford a cup of coffee once a week? You are extremely blessed. It doesn't mean I spend and spend and God will provide. No, have a savings plan as much as you can. Don't go into debt. Work at getting out of debt if you are in there. But do what God wants you to do. Don't say, when I make more money, I'm going to start tithing because you won't. What you practice now is what you will practice in the future. I remember my friend Mike Bartholomew, he's speaking here next week because I'm going to be in a conference in Houston. But, but um, he's, he's working and this guy needs a suit. So he, he goes home and he picks up probably, you know, probably a cheesy 1970 leisure suit or something, you know? And it's... You, I want to say I lived through the 70s. I never owned one of those God-forsaken things. But so he goes to get it, and God goes, how about the brand-new blue suit you just bought? How about it? <laughs> and he gave it to him. What if God said, I love you, Beaumont, which he does, by the way. Here is a brand-new Jeep Wait, no. What am I trying? Wrangler! Well, here's a Wrangler. Yes, and I, I get it home, and I'm excited by my Wrangler. It's dark gray with a black top. Not that I ever think about it. And, and I just really love this. And I sit down in my driveway, and God goes, now give it to Anthony DePiro. What would I do? That's a really hard question, isn't it? I'm thinking I'd give it to him. But I couldn't do it looking for God to give me another one. I got to trust God. You see, this whole thing of giving isn't I give with this hand and I open this other hand. I give with this hand and I trust God to meet my needs. I'm talking today, my third and final point. Let's find freedom. Whoever brings blessing, another verse way of saying, verse 25, will be enriched. The one who waters will himself be watered. God is saying, when we refresh other people, we're going to be refreshed. We have a day and age when people are entitled. I am owed this. You know what you are owed? You're owed hardship. You are owed suffering. But we need faith. You're not owed a job. You're not owed a new car. You're not owed anything except what God has given you, which is the offer of eternal life. I 
grieve at where this country is headed because we're raising up a bunch of people in this whole country. They don't get it. Give and you shall receive. But here in our country, we preach receive and you shall receive. Hey, do you know the unemployment rate is down? That's great. Do you know how many people, because they lost, they left the workforce because the government gives them so much? Do you know the Old Testament and New Testament says, work or you shall not eat? Now, I'm not talking about people in need. I'm not being hard because, man, we, we, we help people out all we can. But what I'm saying is we have to break the bondage that the world is preaching to us. If we do not open up our Bibles and know what it says, we're going to think the government really knows what they're talking about. The woman in Mark 12 with the two coins, remember her? She had freedom. Why? Because God said, I want you to give everything that's in your purse. She didn't hesitate, in my opinion. God's going to provide for me. I had a friend of mine up north, and please never do this unless God tells you to. He owed $500, so he wrote out a check, and he mailed it. He had no money in his checking account. By the time it got there, the Lord had given him $500. Now, I'm not telling you to do that as a normal practice, because if that baby bounces, don't come back and say the pastor told me to. But I'm saying you listen to God when it doesn't make sense. We struggle with that sometimes. We're called to be kingdom builders. I remember about 10 years ago, I'm here, and different things are going on in the, in the city. Uh, Connection Point was putting on concerts at the, at the high school and paying like a thousand bucks for it. And we prayed about it as the eldership and we offered them the building for free. And I, I remember God said to me, are you willing to bless these other churches if they don't do anything to you in return? That's a no-brainer. Yeah. Do you still go through emotional turmoil? Um, yeah, you do. Fear causes us to look inward versus outward. Do you guys remember three years ago this pandemic thing? How much toilet paper did you buy? Oh, we might run out. I think I need 570 cases of the stuff. How about the young people from North Carolina? They went online and they bought a bunch of hand sanitizer. I mean, I went on. You know what the pandemic did? It made you all live like me. Well, I've been doing this for 20 years. But anyways, you go online. I went to buy a thing at Purell on Amazon. It's 48 stinking dollars. Well, they got called out, and they finally gave all the money away. Why were they, be? they were being selfish and taking advantage of somebody's fear. Now, I had a friend of mine that got a letter from a church that said, hey, if you pay $25, you will save somebody from this place where maybe you go after you die before heaven. Wow, what a crack. God don't work that way. Hey, Dick, if you give $100, you will save all these people from hell. I don't think God does that. That's where we have to know the Bible. So fear causes us to look inward. God, I would do this, but. As soon as you do the but, and it's a big but, 
and they don't lie. Um, I like big butts, and I do not like, sorry about that. Anyways, what I'm saying is this, as soon as we go there, you close the hand of God, because you're walking in disobedience. And God won't, and that's what I mean by he doesn't give trophies to everybody. God will give us grace and move us forward, but when we disobey him, he can't say, that's okay, little dicky boy, close enough. No, he's going to convict me, he's going to correct me, and he's going to discipline me because he loves me way too much. Years ago when I first started coming to this church, a guy named Jim Durkin would come. I loved what he said. I would rather trust God with 90% of my money than Jim Durkin with 100% of my money. So he said, man, I tithe at least 10%. Oh, I know talking about money can bring tension. Allow God to speak to you. I mean, give me some grace. I don't talk about this a lot, but this is something the Lord really placed on my heart is, is these verses that one person gives freely, it gains even more. Another withholds unduly but comes to poverty. I have seen people for years struggle financially in part because they won't tithe. A lot of times when we're going through hard times in life, we need to look in the Bible, then you need to look in the mirror, then you need to repent and you need to move forward. I remember years ago um, when I first got saved, I knew nothing about this tithe situation, and I was given 10% of my, my take home. Seven years later, I'm working for the church, and our pastor, a guy named Pete Mayer, did a teaching on tithe. That's 10% of your, your, your gross. And I'm working for the church. So I went to him, my wife and I said, we didn't know this, man, please forgive us. And we started doing it that week, and you know what? It was hard. We didn't make much money. My wife worked so that I could live by faith and work for the church. That's supposed to be a joke. Conviction is the Lord's way of correcting us lovingly. He doesn't chastise us unless he has to. He gets underneath us and lifts us up and goes, Dick, I got a better way. That's what he did last night. That's why I'm in tears, because I saw where I fell short, and it hurt. It hurt that I wasn't walking in the faith I needed to be walking in. He didn't do that to make me feel bad. He did that to say, my way is better. Let's get on board. See, what I'm talking about today is let's choose freedom over bondage. As I close our summary, as God gave his all for us, we need to trust him with all he has given us. Our faith needs to be reflected in how we use our time, talent, and treasure. Would you close your eyes, please? You know, we redid the back room, and, and Sue Bacus, Joe and Debbie, thank you, been doing that. And Sue has this picture, she's hanging back there, it's a boat in a calm lake. And it reminds me of Jesus in the boat. There's a storm, and everybody's freaking out, but he's sleeping. As I've said before, that, that scene really hits me because I am not a lover of the water and I would really be freaking out. But he's sleeping. 
It's not that he didn't care. It's not that he didn't love the disciples. It's that he knew he was in control. Think about it. He spoke the word and the waters became calm. The waves were out, way out in the middle. They didn't keep coming. They calm. How about you today? Are you in a place where maybe you have some storms in your life? Where you feel like you're in a boat that's being swamped with water, there's lightning, there's thunder, and it's a scary situation. I'm going to ask you today to say yes to Jesus. And maybe God is touching you when I talked about your time. Do you control your schedule maybe a little bit too tightly? Are there places where you could be reaching out and God could be using you in different areas? Time to let go. How about your gifts? I, I look at this church, we need technology help. Hence, I didn't have my mic on earlier. We need worship, all kinds of help we could have. Are you willing to say, you know what, I, I can do some of that. I'm not asking you to sign your life away. I'm asking you to help where you can, to give your gifts where you can. I would encourage you to trust Jesus Christ enough to tithe. As Malachi says, test me in this. I've learned a long time ago when God speaks to me financially to walk in obedience. To be honest, sometimes it's through gritted teeth, but I've learned not to say, but if I didn't do this, I could afford this. I've learned to say, you are the giver of all things, Lord. You own a cattle on a thousand hills. That's why I have to place God first before everything, including my family. He gave me my family. I love my family, but I need to obey God even when at times it impacts them. So God is saying today, I'm calling you to a deeper level of faith. Some of you and some of us have been at a plateau and it's time to go farther up the mountain. It's time to say, yes, Lord, here I am. Use me. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. I thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Lord, I thank you for this church. It is generous, Lord. But you're calling us for full surrender. Lord, I thank you for the places you've been speaking to me this week, Lord. It's, it's painful. I would rather you tell me how wonderful I am. But you love me too much. You're not going to sugarcoat it, God. You're going to encourage me. You're going to lift me up. But you're going to put your finger on the places in my life that I haven't fully made you in control. And I thank you for that, Lord. And I thank you for New Covenant Community Church, and I pray that you would touch everybody this morning, Lord, that you would be glorified. And in his name we pray, and they said, blessings.